Hello and welcome to the Albion Social, your number one podcast for all things West Bromwich Albion. My name's Brad, otherwise known as Albion Insights, and today I'm with my co-host Alf from the Baggies Bible. So today we're going to be jumping straight in as we've got quite a bit to cover with uh, three games, two previews and one upcoming preview. So let's jump straight into Plymouth. Alf, how did you think we played? How do you think we set up against Plymouth? Because it was quite a pedestrian game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a... It was a game that happened. I think that's all you can say about it. Um, I think he's uh, that first the first twenty twenty five minutes. I was really impressed with Plymouth. Uh, the way they passed the ball, they was on us constantly. <clears throat> um, playing the exact exact kind of football that they came up with, and it's it's to be applauded for me. Um, but then I think Carlos changed it a little bit. He went to that four four two, which we saw at Q- against QPR as well, where Peters moved a bit more to the left, and it was Wallace and BTA kind of up front as such, mm. and that really quelled them, and it did the job. But then we just couldn't get that killer touch. We couldn't quite get it going, which is was unfortunate, really. I thought. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I was very impressed with um, Plymouth football as well in the first half. I think. They were probably the more um, impressive of the two, if, if I had to say. And then, like you say, I think yeah. the tactical change that Carlos that Carlos did and, and brought him sort of switching to a four four two, it was needed, and it was very impressive that, that he saw that and made the correct changes. Um, I think I, I was impressed with uh, Finazaz as well. I thought he was yeah. very, very creative. One that I wish that we that we did keep at the Albion, to be honest, because I think he'd be in our, our side at the moment. But yeah. Yeah, he's he's a very good player, very classy on the ball, quite composed, and I think he he was one of the more impressive players, especially in the first half an hour. He did sort of drop off in the second half, but yeah, I was very impressed with him and also uh, Morgan Whitaker as well. I think yeah. he was the one who cut him from the right and ha- had a bit of a half chance as well. So there could have easily been one nil up at half at half time. So I think a nil nil was sort of a fair result. I wasn't happy with it, and it wasn't a bad performance, but I think it was quite dull and uninspiring. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, yeah, is dull and uninspiring is a perfect way to put it, really. Yeah. From both teams, from the 2025th minute, it just felt like a bit of a, a stalemate. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't come away too disappointed with the draw. I think Plymouth are a good team. They've got a few good players. Uh, they know how to play football. Um, we did our job, like I say, with Carlos's tactical change. We st- after that twenty fifth minute or so, they, they they didn't really have anything. Um, we just couldn't go the extra yard. So it's one of those games for me, and uh, I think we'll come up against plenty of worse teams than Plymouth this season. Um, I think they've got enough to stay up comfortably. To be honest. Mm. And I, I know we said before in the last part that it, it was the game that we probably should be winning, and I do stand by that. But I, I do think that the table is lying a little bit because Plymouth aren't a, a bottom sort of eighteenth, nineteenth no. side, in my opinion. I think that that they'll comfortably start this season, probably hit around thirteenth, fourteenth, and I, I think I'll, I'll be looking out for them now for for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's move on then to QPR. Yeah. I think that that was on Tuesday, and I think that that was sort of the first half was a continuation of what happened at Plymouth. 
Yeah, it was. The first half, it was pretty bad. Um, uninspiring again. Yeah, it, it was. It was as if we'd, no, it was as if full time against Plymouth was half time and we'd come back out. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I think um, the issue there was the midfield pairing, to be honest. Mm. Um, even though I thought individually they played well, Chalaba and Yukushlu. Um, I just don't think they can play together. There's nowhere near enough dynamic dynamicism. <laughs> Butchered that. Um, that you that Moat brings to the table, uh, and Malumbi as well. So it's something to think about for Carlos. And I think you see it in the second half, where you know Yukushu's been took off, and Moat's come on. And obviously, it coincided a little bit with the penalty and the red card. So it kind of overshadowed it. But I thought Moat really changed the game. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think when you look at both Plymouth and QPR, one main man that we really missed, I was thinking, it was Swift. Yeah. I think when you look at the stats, as I did in the thread yesterday, the day before, Swift's actually in the top three. For, for all attacking sort of um, the data sets. He's a very important player to our system. I know that you, you've had your opinion on him in, yeah. in the past. How do you feel now, now about Swift, now that he's had, had that great run of form? I know, are, are we missing him? Do you think we are missing him? Well, I don't think you can... You can't argue against the fact that we miss him. Uh, he's obviously a good player. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's, he's obviously stepped it up this season. He's so much more productive obviously i mean he he, he got decent numbers didn't he last season mm. but he confessed himself didn't he that he, he wanted to up his productivity with in actual hard numbers and he's done that and i mean yeah we miss him of course we miss him um i think carlos found carlos found his knee carlos found swift's niche <laughs> yeah. in that left side cutting in um kind of like a false winger like a false nine rolled yeah. into one it was, but carlos kind of crafted that position for him that role for him and you know he he was he was cooking really and yeah i mean of course we miss him of course we miss him but uh i think you see players step up and i think dean garner did that on sat on tuesday in mm. the, on that left side or the right side um and I think that's what we, we spoke about it before with opportunities for other players. And I think yeah. you're seeing the best of Dean Garner now. Um, and I'm interested to see if you can get Dean Garner on that right side and Swift on that left side. And I think they could uh, cook up something something nice. <laughs> yeah, that, that brings me smoothly on to my next point. That I think Dean Garner obviously had his, his best game for a while in an Albion shirt, in, in my opinion. I think... But that, that was one of the more impressive performances that I've seen over the past few years, especially. And yeah. I, I do still think that he relatively struggled in the first half. I wouldn't say he struggled, but he relatively struggled because he was sort of trying to fill the gap left by Swift by bringing more centrally. And whilst he did, he was probably our best attacking outlet still in the first half, 100%. But I think he's just not as composed on the board as Swift is, obviously. No. And that's where that final pass, I think he does lack sometimes, Dean Garner. And I don't think that... I think he's seen the best of him in the second half when he was moved out, out wide. 
stretching the fullback to going one to one against an all sighted fullback, it, it's the best of what where we see Dean Garner. And I think that that was also replicated by Moetkron in the second half as well. Yeah. We sort of filled that gap where Dean Garner was trying to play in the first half and centrally. And he picked up the role that Swift sort of left. And yeah. I think it, it worked much better. And we, we've seen that in the second half because it was a massive improvement. And I think that that was something which I would have personally gone with to, to begin with, to set up this tactically. I would have preferred Moet and Chalaba with Dean Garner staying out wide, attacking uh, Kenneth Parr. And I think it would have been a, a completely different game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I completely agree with you. Obviously, Moat changed the game, and he uplifted a few other players as well, namely Dean Garner. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like what Dean Garner was doing in the first half, though. I, d- I did like it. Um, but obviously, it wasn't coming off for him as as you'd want to. And like you mm-hmm. say, um, you you need you need and want Dean Garner on that right side, getting it a little deeper and running at his man and um it paid dividends obviously got the penalty um and he was running running pal ragged in that second half i felt sorry for the poor kid um but uh yeah i mean yeah it's the center midfield pairing um i think it's got to be moa and somebody else to be honest and at the moment God forbid, it's Moa and Chalaber in it, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who would have thought that this time last year we'd be saying we want Moas and Chalaber starting? <laughs> no. As that midfield pairing over Yukuslam and Malumbe, it, it's completely just mad how we can go in, in 12 months' time to go from Yukuslam and Malumbe, who are arguably mm-hmm. our two best players, into two bit part sort of fringe players. Yeah. Coming it... come to the side and really impressing. Yeah, it's, it's testament to them, though. I mean, mm-hmm. Chalabar obviously got dogs abuse, and for like, I'm not going to pretend I wasn't one of them. Do you know what I mean? No. Um, he got absolute dogs abuse, rightfully so. In some people's eyes, he apologised for what he did at Stoke, and then obviously in general, he has been pretty poor. Um, it takes a, a strong character to pick yourself up, hundred percent, and yeah. go again. And obviously, to be given the opportunity, I mean, Carlos said about him that he had impressed um in the week leading up to the Plymouth game in mm. training and then you get your chance and he's took his chance and you're thinking like you say you're going from a world where it's like impossible to think about a midfield two that isn't Yukushlu and Malumbi mm. to I wouldn't play Yukushlu in the next game because Chalab is oh, yeah. playing well. Yeah. But how that is it's insane. Mm. Yeah, I think myself as well, I'll hold my hands up that I was one of the people who completely wrote off or wrote off Chalaba, especially after his proposed move to Maccabee Al Haifa, I believe yeah. it was. Yeah. And also after what happened at Stoke, like you said, I think the performances start of the season and end of last season were just absolutely terrible. I think every time he was brought on, I just dreaded it because I thought, okay, here we go, we're going to concede another goal. Yeah. And the the past couple of performances, he's a completely different player, and and you can see why he's sort of gone through the ranks at Chelsea, and he's played for the, these big Premier League clubs because he does have that quality, and yeah. also the attitude to come back from where he was two months ago to now is outstanding, and fair play to him. Yeah, fair play to him. He reflects well on him, and uh, I think you can say the same about Moat as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was I was Moat's biggest hater, if I'm honest. Um, when in the Val season, I thought he was absolutely terrible. 
but there was some whispers going around that he was playing with an injury and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and then he's like, he goes to Borough, and he eats even there. He started off pretty poorly, mm. but he picked it up under Carrick, and it takes a you know it takes a strong man to come back into the to the fold uh, when you've been essentially outcast. And uh, yeah, to I mean to make the the impression that Moa has had. I mean, you'd, you'd, I'd argue he's our best midfielder. Mm. And I mean, if you'd have told me that, you know, two months ago, <laughs> I'd have been like, well, yeah, okay, mate. Yeah, so, I, I, I think sometimes you do, you do just forget that these footballers are actual people as well and that they do yeah. go through their own thing and they have the mental side to it as well where they're not performing, it, it gets the head down and they have the personal circumstances and... You do forget that sometimes, and you just you do just want them want them to perform the best that, that they can. So fair play to both Mavis and Chalobah, and like you say, I think I'd, I'd like to see both of them start against Coventry. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, what what? Let me ask you a question, Brad. Oh. What do you think? What do you think about the two performances from uh, our captain, our leader, and our leader and saviour, Jed Wallace? <sighs> That's a very good question. Um, <sighs> I'm reluctant to give my honest answer <laughs> because I might be accused of uh, having an agenda yeah. again. Um, I think Wallace against Plymouth, he was the same as the rest of the team, uninspiring. He he wasn't one one of our worst performers, but it wasn't his best game, <laughs> and yeah. the, the stats sort of backed that up um, as well. I think against QPR, he was absolutely dire. In, in my opinion, everything he touched, he seemed to lose the ball. He was t- t- trying to beat a man to man, one to one, and he just wasn't, nothing was coming off for him. And I think it's that a mental thing where he started the season poorly, he's now captain, there's so much pressure on him. It, is it a mental thing? Is it a physical performance thing? How do we now get the best out of someone like Wallace? I mean, he has been sort of out of position, sort of coming in more centralised, sort of the same as Dean Garner. And we, we know that from last season when he sort of played through the middle that it isn't his best position. He is an out winger. <clears throat> but can we accommodate someone like that? And do we have to change the whole system to suit Wallace? I, I, I don't think that, that that is the answer. No, it's, it's a sticky one, isn't it? I think how long can you carry a player for? Um, exactly. Obviously, I think... Most of the last two games, he's kind of played next to BTA or mm. off BTA um, in that four four two that we've kind of shifted to, um, and that's not his position. Not in a not in a month for Sundays, man. Um, but then he's on the right, and when he plays on the right, he's not great. Um, the only defense I'd have of him is he's it's a similar situation to Dean Garner for me. He needs to get chalk on his boots. And um, obviously the the three four three kind of thing we were playing. Both of the wingers were tucked in, um, and then it doesn't leave Jed much space to work with and stuff. And he's not the kind of player Swift is where he can work in tighter spaces and stuff. So that'd be my only defence for him. Mm. Like you say, QPR, I was very very underwhelmed by him. It just feels like the last two games, everything. That he's tried simple passes, simple dribbles has just not happened, and um, it's sad to see because we know the player he can be. 
exactly. know how good he can be. <laughs> and, you know, we, you get that player back. It's only an asset to us. Do you know what I mean? It's only, it'll only improve the team. So it's what we want to see, but, you know, he's stating facts with how bad he's playing. I mean, I'd argue last season he was up there with our player of the season alongside sort of someone like the Manumbi. And <clears throat> this season, even though he hasn't been sort of sort of prolific or sort of um, good going forward offensively, he's always had that sort of defensive acumen where he, he does help out defensively. And I think there was a stat that I've seen that he's in our top two for counter-pressing actions. So you can see when we lose the ball in, in the final third, he's the first one to close the man down. He's the first one to sort of chase that ball. And yeah. when you do play against sort of defensive, low block team like QPR, he doesn't have those opportunities really to do that. And I think that, that that's where he's found out more when he's playing sort of a low block team where it does all fall on him to be the creative sort of attacking force. Because he's struggling, it's highlighting that even more. Yeah. So yeah. I think, yes, but when we're playing sort of more attacking, more adventurous teams, he does have a better game because his defensive numbers are quite quite good. But when we're playing against a low block sort of creative team, I, I wouldn't have him in, in, in the side. No, no, well, no, I wouldn't either, to be honest. I think I completely agree with you. Um, but I think it's, I think it goes back to again, I think he's, he needs to play right out on the right hand side. And even against those low blocking teams, he can make a difference for me when he's playing with chalk on his boots, getting down the line and getting crosses in. I think he can add something. Um, but um, it's a sticky one, isn't it? I mean, if Dean Garner's playing well, if Swift comes back and, um, you know, we get our strikers back, you're looking, if we're still with the 4 4 2, you're looking at where does Wallace fit in that for me? Mm. He doesn't well, fit in at all? No, I mean, I, I can't see him being dropped for the next four, five, six weeks um, and, no. until Swift until Swift's back. He, he's our captain and Carlos Astos has to stand by him and he will. The only time that he will be dropped, or I think, is sort of rotational purposes, but it, it, it's hard because, like I said, we know the top top player that Wallace is and how he can play and it's frustrating to see how poor he is at the moment. So... Hopefully, he, the, the form does sort of come back. His confidence comes back and he starts playing. It's it's like he's playing with the pressure on his shoulders. You can see the pressure on his shoulders. And yeah. hopefully, he, he, Carlos sort of takes that away from him a little bit. And he can start yeah. playing with, with a bit more um, license to go forward. Well, we can only hope so. Like I say, any, it only improves us as a team if mm. Wallace is on form. Because he's, he's one, of, one of the best uh, wingers in the league. On his day, and we saw that day countless times. Start of last season, mm. first six months or so. So yeah, I mean, you just gotta hope he gets his his head back up and uh, gets his form back. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's alleviated by the fact that you know Diangon is playing well, um, Phillips is playing well. Obviously, mm. he's he's been pushed back up a little bit, and uh, Swift was playing well, so. Yeah, is uh, it's a, I think it's a dilemma for when some of the uh, injured lads get back in. To be honest, mm. well, West Brom uh, had a gone on a very impressive run recently. They've now lost only one in the last eight. They've got six clean sheets in the last eight league games. Currently sitting sixth in the league as well. 
did you expect this quarter of the way through the season to be in, in the in the playoffs? Um, I don't know to be honest. Um, I'd I'd probably side on no. Yeah. Um, not that I expected this to be absolutely woeful, but um, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with where we are to be honest. I think um, it's it's been a weird season. I really do think we've only won. We've obviously we've obviously, we've got a really good record. We've we've got good goals scored. We've got good goals conceded. Um, you know, we've we're sixth and we're doing well. But mm. I think we're not stringing wins together. Um, we've only we've won two in a row once, and then the other three wins I think have come individually. Mm. Um, so I think during times this season, it's not felt like we've done well. But then it's especially like the last three or four games, you've kind of come away, looked at the table, and thought, "Oh, we're fifth and we're doing well." And you're like, yeah. "Oh, it just it's a really odd, odd thing." And um, I think we need to, we do need to put a good few wins together um, because I think if you look at the fixtures after the international break, um, they're yeah. tough. They're yeah. all the way to New Year. They are tough. So I would like to see us get, you know, three, four, five wins on the bounce. And then I think you're, uh, you know, you're chasing Ipswich by then because mm. there's a lot of hot and cold teams in the championship, um, especially like, you know, between 12th and second, really. Um, so, yeah, I would, I'm really happy with where we are. Mm. But, yeah, we just need that, you know, winning run. To make to really make you feel like yeah we we're on it we are do you know what I mean yeah well I think our last two games we've collected four points from six with two clean sheets on paper it looks really good <laughs> but I think yeah. when you look at the, the performances ourselves we haven't played well for what a, a game and a half we played well for forty five minutes really if that mm. and when you look at QPR's record they've won one in eleven Plymouth have won one in seven that's combined two wins in the last eighteen games between the two sides. <laughs> So when you look at that, they're very poor opponents. So are we going to struggle more when we come up against our next sort of seven games against Coventry, Hull, Southampton, Ipswich, Cardiff, Leicester and Sunderland? It's a very, very hard run coming until after the November international break. And have we got the squad to be able to deal, deal with that? Because we're not going to yeah. have Madger or Swift back until after the international break at least. Yeah. Um We'll see. It's uh it's it's a daunting prospect to be honest. And you put you put the names out on the paper. But um I think you gotta back yourself. I mean you're looking at the table, obviously Coventry are Coventry are doing actually quite poorly. Um mm. I was surprised to see. Um Hall are obviously on fire at now, I think I saw they won the last five games or something. Um so they're doing really well. But you look at the table, and is that reflected against us? Do you know what I mean? It like Saints are one point above us, Hull are one point below us, Cardiff are uh, no, no on the same points. Um, so I think you've got to back yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're we're in this position on merit, and you can't you know you can dissect it however you want. We're in this position on merit, obviously. Uh, it's it's daunting on paper, but let's back ourselves, man. Let's back ourselves against mm. the likes of Saints and Hull and Cardiff and Ipswich, because 
uh, you know, the old cliche, anyone can beat anyone in this league. Um, but this is goes back to it. This is where, you know, this is proving time. This is where we have to prove we're on it. We're here to, you know, get something done this season. Um, Mm. And hopefully we can come up with the goods, man. Well, I think we've got Coventry and Hull in our next two games. I've just looked at Hull's record and they've actually won one of the last five. (laughs) So I'm misinformed. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think I thought they were going on a, on a very good run. And I think before that, that it was four wins in the last eight. So, they're a good side under a young manager. And <clears throat> I think we'll we'll get on to Hull next week. But in terms yes. of Coventry, um, they've had quite an average sort of recent uh, run of games. They've lost two, one, two, and drawn two in the last six. Yeah. How impressed have you been with them this season? Have, do you think they've underperformed? Do, well, do... I mean, yeah, I would say underperformed to be honest. Although uh, it's it's a funny it's a funny table because you're looking at a table and you think Coventry are twentieth, they have fifteen points, and we're sixth, and we have twenty points. Do you know what I mean? So are they doing that badly? I don't know, but I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit underwhelmed with them. Obviously, when well, you say that, they've lost lost their two best players. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think you go back to last season, um, it's a team game, but Harmer and uh, Gokiresh yeah. are just next-level players. And they've lost that, replaced it with Sims, who I am a fan of. He hasn't really kicked on this season so no, far. Um, Hadji Wright. I'm not really a fan of, to be honest. Seems a bit of a, a bit of a donkey, um, mm. but he's, he's the exact same. He's not really kicked on. And then, you know, they've, yeah. I mean, I am I am underwhelmed with how Coventry have started the season, to be honest. Um, yeah, and I'll, 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 sorry, go on, go on, go on. I think we're, uh, I'll let you go. <laughs> when you factor in the losses of like of Harmer and, and like Big Vic. I mean that they are big game players, and you've seen you've seen that in the playoffs with uh, yeah. with Harmer. He was a massive game player, and you see Vic as well. When when he, they now thought they were out of a game, he always popped up with a goal, especially yeah. against yeah. us as well. And I know it was a penalty against us last season at Dare Graham, but he's yeah. always there. He he won the penalty, he scored it, and I think that most of their points come from sort of the them two being very influential players. So you do have to factor that in as well, and I think Sims. Sims and Wright recruiting both is quite, quite null and null in my opinion because they are quite yeah. similar players. I think it, it was a very strange move from country yeah. recruitment. Same thing, one one or the other would have been completely fine. Um, but Sims has been underwhelming so far, unfortunately for Coventry. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I I do really like Sims. Um, obviously, uh, first half of last season is with uh, Sunderland, wasn't it? And uh, he, he felt a bit like a proper rampaging big fella, and yeah. like you know, like a bit like uh, Lukaku when he when he joined us. Yeah. And it was like once this geezer gets going, you ain't stopping him. No. <laughs> and uh, obviously, they took him. Everton took him back, didn't they? And used him sporadically, which I thought was a bit unfair to be honest. When he was doing well with Sunderland. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think he'll kick on for them. Hopefully not on Monday. Of course, um, but after that, he can do what he wants. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at their team. I'm not, you know, I'm not 
I'm not I'm not massively worried about anyone in particular. I don't think I've got a bad team, but you know, you go their top scorer is Matt Godden, who come yeah. up with them through League One. Um not not the best of players, you know what I mean? He's obviously a decent goal getter. You're looking on the wings, you've got De Silva, who, you know, we're massively we're we're familiar with, played for Bristol City for years. Um He's an okay left wing back. Nothing more than that. Uh, you got Van Van Uyck. Again, uh, what I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting anything from these players. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird, a weird team they've got. I think. See, I think I feel I'm quite impressed with their recruitment from from the summer. I think they've. The signings of Van Oik and the Silver, I, I think, are quite impressive. I mean, the Silver's one player that I looked at for the Albion as well. I think it would have been perfect in Albion back system that, that, that we are playing now. I think he was quite um, lacklustre defensively, but offensively he was good bar sort of his crossing ability, and he has worked on that now. And he, I, I've seen that against um, Rotherham. And Van Oik, I mean, he's come from Holland and he's a very quick a very quick yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I can see hopefully like a, a massive battle between himself and, and Phillips on Monday and I, I just hope Phillips is, is up to it to be honest because Van Oak is quite quite a tricky yeah. sort of winger wing back hybrid he's yeah. n- not the best defensively but going forward he's very very um, attacking and if we're playing someone like Eric Peters at left centre back or left back in the four four two. I'd be very worried about that. Yeah, yeah. The no. width that they do have. Yeah, no, I do agree. I do agree. It's not to. I think they're decent players. It's just not. It doesn't get me scared. To no. be honest, um, that, you know, that might come back and bite me in the ass. Incoming four 0 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Van Uyck four goals. De Silva four assists. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, commentary. But they did it last season, didn't they? Um, same as us, had a really poor start. And uh, Robbins, Mark Robbins, always seems to pull the rabbit out of the hat. So mm. um, I think they'll get back up. Um, not against us, hopefully. Um, but yeah, so I, I would back them to get uh, back into playoff contention at some point in the season, to be honest. Mm. <clears throat> I think a, a big loss for them as well has been um, Sheaf. Chief, yeah. Chief yeah, hasn't been playing the last six, seven games through injury. I think he came back um, at the last match against Rotherham, and him partnered with Josh Eccles is a very good young sort of energetic partnership. Mm-hmm. And if we do go with the whole Yukusto Chaliba thing again, which I don't think Carlos will this time, no. I can see us sort of struggling against their and like energy in the midfield. But I, I'm very impressed with Sheaf and Eccles together as a partnership, and that that's something that we're going to have to sort of monitor whether we go with playing more central. But then if we did play more central, he'd sort of leave on Ovik and the Silver with the space yeah. at Lloyd. So there's a lot for Carlos to think about tactically, I think, going into Coventry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially seeing as, yeah, they seem to play a three-back as well. Um, like, say, mm-hmm. with Van Uyck and the Silver running the wings. So... Does Carlos, you know, revert back to that three that we've, you know, most of the season we've played um, mm. to kind of directly combat that or 
maybe try sticking with that four that um, I think really worked well, obviously, against QPR in the second half. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what he does, to be honest. I think <clears throat> when you're looking at the um, the formation for Coventry, do we have the personnel to play three back at the moment with, with Kipre going out sort of long term? Do, do we have the options to play three at the three centre halves with Peters, Bartley, Joy, and Taylor? Yeah, well, that's that's a sticky point, isn't it? <laughs> our, our good old injury list yeah. has reared its head again. Um, big, big said. Uh, we, we've not heard how long he's out for, have we? Hopefully, no. hopefully it's weeks. Um, with the back in the back of your mind, you've got Semi will be leaving in January to go to Afcon, um, and you know it, it, it don't stop. Um, but yeah, I think you are right. Is it? Yeah, I think you've got to go for that four, unless you know. But you need to have faith in Caleb Taylor for me. Mm. Um, I've saw some suggestions about playing Yukushlu in centre back. Um, bringing Darnell Furlong into right centre back and uh, pushing, uh, putting Philip uh, Pippa, sorry, right wing back. I think it'd be. I really do think it'd be disappointing if Taylor isn't given given his chance. Uh, he's waited long enough. Obviously, a really impressive season last season. Um, he's been obviously dwelling around the reserves this season for us, uh, which he'll be disappointed with because you know you want to build on that good season, don't you? Mm. You want to go back out or stake a claim. Um, he hasn't been offered the chance yet, and um, like I said, I'd be I'd be quite disappointed if he wasn't given the opportunity, especially next to someone as experienced and uh, with such good leadership qualities as Bartley. Um, that's a you know that's a learning curve in itself that the amount that he can pick up from a similar type of center back, it seems um, in terms of height and stature. Um, but I was really impressed with Taylor with the ball at his feet, to be honest, since QPI I didn't have much to do. Don't get me wrong. It's not like he was Beckham bearing it and that, um, <laughs> but he, he seems comfortable with it at his feet, especially for a big old bit. He's a big old fella. Mm. Um, whether that, you know, whether that turns into him being, good with the ball, good at passing is obviously yet to be seen. Um, and you've got, add that to the fact that it's Kipre that's, you know, been injured. Yeah, it's a, it's a sticky one. Um, yeah, I think unfortunately, <clears throat> Taylor, Taylor didn't really impress in his bit part performances to start the season. I don't think he'd, he'd done enough to warrant a run of games. But when you look at the likes of Kipre, who was sort of written off by the fan base as well, Tyler does deserve the opportunity to sort of redeem himself. You've got to think that he's still a, what, a 20, 20 year old lad. He's a very young sort of athlete and he needs that, that time against with someone like Bartley, as you say, who we can learn the game off. My only point is that he obviously played a, in a three at the back at Cheltenham last year. He'd have to play sort of the central centre back role, which has been accustomed to Bartley recently. Yeah. yeah. Did do you push Bartley out wide to right centre back, which we know we know was an issue anyway with, with his pace? Yeah, that's or do you sort of have tied on the right centre back role? Yeah, I think you'd if you was gonna stick with the three, hmm. I think you'd have to go Taylor at the right centre back. Probably just on the basis that he's a young man hmm. and he has, you know, he has energy in his legs. Whereas Bartley, don't get me wrong, he's not, you know, he's, he's not being he's not in a casket or nothing, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but he's uh 
you know, he's he's never had legs and he's he's not the fastest geezer. He's not the great at turning, not the best at turning his body when he's been turned. Um, so, yeah, I think just on that basis, if you go for the free, it's got to be Taylor at, at the right centre-back for me. Okay. Well, I think that just about wraps up today's episode. Um, thank you, Alf, for discussing all those three games with myself. Um, and hopefully we can go ahead and pick up three points against Coventry on Monday. Yeah, fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay, thank you for listening, everyone. And thank you, Alf, again. Thank you, mate. And I'll see you next week. See you next week. Adios.